I can't begin to imagine, like I definitely cried watching this documentary because it was just so sad, like I felt fear for her. And yeah, hearing, I think it's Ari's story as well was really, really sad. The reason he left was because of the camp he went to and faced- Oh my God. The sexual the abuse. abuse. Yeah. And, and that the guy is still there. Yeah. And there's a whole website that they named. I went onto the website and there's oh, really? hundreds of men, like Jewish men in the community who have been accused of sexual abuse. And like, it just kind of seems like this open secret that they're there and no one's doing anything about it. Welcome to Flixwashy Podcast and we're on episode 54. And we are joined today by Imri. Hi. And Natalie. Hello. And of course, as always, Helen. Hello. And today we're going to be talking about One of Us, the Netflix documentary. Come find us on Twitter. Tweet to us. Agree with us. Disagree. We're at Pod. The website flickswatcher.tv has full listings of each episode and subscribe and review us on iTunes. The guys, just as a big reminder, all films on the podcast were available on Netflix at the time of recording. There will be bad language, there will be spoilers. I hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome to Flickswatcher Podcast. Today our guests are Imri and Natalie, if you'd like to say hello and uh, tell us a little bit about where we might find you online or any podcasts that you do. Oh, I'll go first, shall I? Um, So I'm Imri, I host the Wannabe podcast, formerly Melon and Millennials, and I also run a a very prominent podcast network here in the UK called the Shoutout Network, also known as the home of underrepresented voices. Yeah, and with that you do a fair few things. You had a podcast festival, you had a mini pod festival, didn't you? We did, we did have a podcast festival. And what was that uh, like, organising all that shit? I mean, it was a shit ton of work. Um, (laughs) I'm not really looking forward to doing the next one, but... It was good fun. There were about 800 people there. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, it was really good fun in the end. Uh, But planning it was very grueling, very strenuous. But ultimately, the podcasts were fantastic on the day. But I like the way you said the next one. So it's already happening. Yeah, it's in motion. Um, (laughs) I'm already exhausted by the thought of it. But it's in motion. And I think we're going to make this one like more manageable for me to plan and handle this time. Cool. Yeah. And look out for Shout Out Network because there's a fair few podcast you have in your armory we did have a fair few you did we now have two active and three in production 2018 is going to be a big year for son so stay tuned and subscribe to wannabe thanks <laughs> <laughs> and who are okay, you i'm natalie yeah um this is my first ever podcast Woo! congratulations thanks <laughs> <laughs> i'm a good friend of imreen's um i'm a designer yeah um, clothes designer. Clothes designer, women's wear. Um, so you can find my clothes at natalienevers.com if anybody's interested. Um, and also Natalie Nevers on Instagram. So yeah, this is my... You do lots of things. Yeah. <laughs> Who have you things. dressed? <laughs> Susie Wakoma. Susie Woke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know her from Chewing Gum. From Chewing Gum, I've seen it on... Yeah. Have you seen Chewing Gum? I've seen bits of it. I haven't seen whole episodes though. Okay. First time I saw her was on uh, Guilty Feminist. She was guest presenter along with uh, Deborah Francis White. Yeah. And I was, I was like, Susie's awesome. She is. Yeah, yeah, she is. She is. And then I heard her on um, Scrooby's Pips podcast yep. a bit later on as well. So Yeah, she's good. I yeah. dressed her for, um, she's doing the lab- she did the Labour of Love right. um, at the theatre. Um, and yeah, I made her premiere outfit, which was good. 
proud moment for myself. Yeah. I also made Im's outfit for her festival. Yes, she did. Yeah. She was dancing in it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let's say I was dancing. Yeah. <laughs> let's go with that. <laughs> so we're here talking today about One of Us, the Hasidic Jewish documentary. Imri, this was your choice. It was, yeah. Why did you choose it and what happens in it? I chose this film because I was really bored on a Sunday afternoon and it came up in a recommendations on Netflix. So you just blindly accepted what Netflix gave you? I did on this occasion because the poster was quite ominous mm. and the trailer was really um, vague. And I was like, what is this? So I just kind of clicked through as you do with Netflix. Um, and it was really interesting because it starts off with this kind of 911 call between a woman and the police and uh, she's saying that she's been kind of uh, she's under attack or she feels under attack by men in her community and you just don't know where this is going um, and then it kind of, as it unfolds you find out that she's being abused by her husband and she's part of this Hasidic Jewish community in Brooklyn and um, the rules of the community mean that she is not meant to call you're not meant to call the police on any other member of the community mm. um, so that kind of opens up what you can expect to be a lot of secrets and burdens within their community, especially around um, domestic violence, sexual abuse, um, and a whole host of problems that the community essentially keeps inside. Um, and then as it, as you kind of go through the documentary, you kind of meet Luza and Ari, who- um, So what was the lady's name? Oh, Etty, who's like the yeah. most important person in the whole thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she was very significant and prominent in the whole whole movie. She did get more airtime and her story is very harrowing um, because ultimately because she called the police on her husband, she goes through, um, tries to go for a divorce, tries to not necessarily, I don't know if she necessarily tried to leave the community at first. She just really wanted the support and it just didn't come. And that resulted in her trying to leave. And ultimately the community rallies around her husband and she ends up losing her children, which was devastating. Mm. Um, but also alongside her story, you meet Lisa and Ari, who are also kind of One's kind of half in, half out. Um, the other is also has left the community and you find out a lot later on um, why he did that. And he has like a whole family that he left behind and he has a really hard time kind of going back into the community for various reasons. But it's it's a really rough documentary. I can't lie, but it was very good. Yeah, it was very good. I guess how much did people know around this table about Hasidic Jews and the community that they... Not much. Not, Not much. much. Yeah. I have a Hebrew name, so technically people think that's Jewish, but that's about it. Like, I don't, I didn't know. I know that they kind of derive so from the... So do I. So mm. mentally, apparently. Is it? Yeah. Mm. You learn something new every day. Um, I knew a little bit about Ashkenazi <laughs> Jews, um, being that they come, originate from Poland, I believe. And they came over to Brooklyn during like the holocaust um and they really tried to ex escape persecution um so i knew kind of like some of their backstory and how they ended up in brooklyn but i guess the documentary kind of helped unfold the history of why they are so closed off and it kind of reminded me a lot of um the amish communities in yeah. america yeah. i watched a lot of being amish and there were a lot of kind of similarities with that that's the main thing that kind of surprised me because and we're recording in london and some parts of london there's a hasidic yeah. jew community yeah and with the Amish, I just always had the impression because they're out of sight, out of mind in a way, mm. unless you see the, 
see them in the TV shows with the the horse and carts that they kind of keep themselves themselves very much. But London is like one of the most populous and yeah. diverse cities in the world. So I just thought, well, these guys are Jewish and they're doing their thing. But I didn't realize the community was so tight in, yeah. in that way that the Amish is. That's the first thing that kind of surprised me. Yeah. Unfolding their culture a bit there. Yeah. Or that they fear the internet so much. They fear the internet. Because Ari, <laughs> Ari was... When When was this actually set? Because... Um, I think it was filmed over two years. And I, I want to say 2014 and 2015. Okay. I want to say that, but don't quote me. Because Ari, one of the kids who we follow... Well, he's the youngest person we follow. Mm-hmm. And he, said, he was saying he didn't know what Google was to, to yeah. Google it. Yeah, yeah, he didn't know how to Google Google. Yeah. How do you Google Google? Said, like Wikipedia is like a gift from God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is. <laughs> what do you reckon, Natalie? Very insightful, but also a little disturbing. Quite disturbing, actually. Um, I watched it quite late at night, so played on my mind a lot. Um, Etty stood out for me yeah. a lot. Um, as like Im said, um, I guess because obviously I'm a woman, so, you know, the hardships of being a woman in a relationship. She's 32 with seven children. Yikes. That's crazy. Yeah. That's yeah. my age. That's crazy. That's just crazy. <laughs> what the hell? Um, <laughs> just no life. But I think the point there is that if she'd wanted to have children at thir- by you know, seven children by 32, then that's one thing. But the fact that she's born and she's yeah, expected. Yeah, there's no choice. It's just what you have to do. Yeah. Well, she kind of insinuated that the, not entirely consensual. Yeah, so that was implied. Friday, every Friday was yeah. sex day, she yeah. said. Yeah. Wow. It was a lot. It was a really harrowing story. Sorry, everyone. I, no, it's right. <laughs> I picked this no, really harrowing story. When she got hit by the hit by the car off her bike. Oh, my oh. gosh. I forgot about that. that. So tell us about that. Okay, so she calls, I think it's her sponsor or a good friend or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the, met the at footsteps that. group. Yeah. They sound a bit like kind of a mafia mob, but they're actually just trying to, they're Jews themselves, yeah. trying to reach out and yeah. sort of save people. Yeah. Um, and then she calls her and um, basically is like in tears, explaining that she's terrified, obviously. She's been hit by a bike. Um, a car sorry she was on her bike um and that her husband a week before threatened that he was going to get her told the children that he's going to get he's going to hit her Mm -hmm. with his car and he did so obviously she was like shaken up um and in tears it's really scary it's like the whole community against you it's and you're on your own and she also had like he had people following her like men following her around the city um and kind of saying stuff to the children as well yeah which was really distressing it was such a weird weird thing to watch because you don't expect i don't know maybe it's because i'm really in 2017 like i just don't expect <laughs> a woman to be treated surreal. that way yeah. in brooklyn yeah. Uh, yeah and i've been to brooklyn it's very modern and like there's hipsters everywhere and women are just out here doing so many things yeah. and then you just kind of find out that there's this whole community closed off from the world and these women like are living in, the yeah in plain because i would walk around you just see hasidic jews just walking around like everyone else and then they kind of just guarded off and what i found really awful was that her best friend turned on her uh during the custody battle where she had confided oh, yeah. in like taking the kids to the library because I mean, I thought it was a good thing that kids go to the library. I, I went to the library as a child um, and she that was used against her. And this using the law against 
her was just oh, it was just really horrible I, I can't I can't begin to imagine like I definitely cried watching what? this film um or this documentary because it was just so sad like I felt fear for her mm. um and yeah hearing I think it's Ari's story as well was really really sad because he was like in the reason he left was because of uh like the camp he went to and faced oh my god the sexual abuse. abuse yeah and, and that the guy is still there yeah and there's a whole website that they named i went onto the website and there's oh, really? hundreds of men like jewish men in the community who have been accused of sexual abuse and it's so strange that there's just this website out there of these men and like it just kind of seems like this open secret that they're there and no one's doing anything about it because mm-hmm. i guess that law of you're not allowed to call the police yeah. on someone and there's just no real protection for these kids which is I guess even more sad as well because I'm sure these kids would have been witnessing violence and sexual abuse um, if not experiencing it themselves, which is pretty horrific. I mean, it draws parallels to what we know quite well, a bit about organised religion, really. Yeah, control, uh, abuse, it's all about secrecy. Control. Yeah, I mean, spotlight the film dominance of men looking after men's interests. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We all turn to look at Kobe. Suddenly I'm like <laughs> trying to shrink to the size of an atom. <laughs> Alan, what do you, what do you think? I'm going to bounce I'm, it back to you. Yeah, um, and it's an interesting documentary. Um, the three stories in it are three different but similar stories. So it's really interesting to kind of see the different viewpoints. I mean, my knowledge of Hasidic Jews is not very much other than, you know, they kind of live in, in communities together, but... It was surprising how cut off from the modern world that they are Mm. and how controlling they are. And just, I think it was sad when it was one of maybe Luzo who sort of said that, you know, they, they found it really hard to get used to the outside world because they've been so trained to this world that they were trapped in to then have to come out and learn how to be an adult in this world that they were unfamiliar with. And also, uh, we mentioned a little bit before we started recording um, all the females in the school children's books from the, the school were blocked out. Yeah. Kind of women's oh. faces in there, no women. Yeah. And the female character to shave her head and yeah. have yeah. wigs and things and yeah. you weren't allowed to wear anything other than black stockings and things like that. As someone who's not a big fan of organised religion anyway, it's just... It's yeah. just... it's. It's like people are trapped. I mean, I guess most people just kind of put up with it because they don't really know anything else. Mm. But, you know, these are just three stories, but you probably imagine there's a lot more going on that we don't know about. Well, I think by the fact you have the foot, the footsteps of the footprints mm. um, support group for... Rescuing people. Yeah, so it's almost like you have the support groups of soldiers who come back from Afghanistan who have seen the combat yeah um but here you have a support group for people who are trying to escape from or trying to leave the community but in a way that they can makes most sense to them i think the fact that this is in plain sight is the is one of the things that's just really weird for me because i can't i can't escape the fact that ari i guess he's my 18 or so Mm. living in brooklyn and he must have seen mobile phones and must have yeah seen technology but just literally had no access to it so that shows how yeah. i don't know how good a job in a way that these guys are the, <laughs> yeah, the community is doing 
like when he was in the park and that guy just walked up to him and mm. was like, what are you doing here? Type thing. Why do you look like that? Are you one of us? <laughs> Where are you from? <laughs> like interrogation. <laughs> it's so random. So I was random. actually wondering the whole film, like if they're not meant to have access to the internet and technology, like how do they work? I was just, that perplexed me mm. more. What was they unsaid? They were allowed a computer for business purposes. Right. If required. But, but then, it was only men that worked, of course. Yeah, so. but then also it said that they require a lot of support from things like public housing, etc., yeah. etc., mm. et for welfare and and housing as well. So it's like it's very okay. Bizarre. You want help from the people for this thing, but you don't want them to influence your life in any way. Yeah, I was very intrigued by how people are making a living in brooklyn new york which is not <laughs> the cheapest place to live and then also like being in and around this community how you don't interact with technology that was baffling what i also really admired more than anything was the school system that they had built these entire infrastructures to protect this community i i have to admire people that really go all in on these things <laughs> they, don't, they don't want them to have like normal education because then education brings up questions well normal education doesn't use sharpies to black out yeah. women's names and images. Do you know what that reminded me of to make this ever so slightly lighthearted? You know in BoJack Horseman season three <laughs> where they had the um that, the um oh what was her name? I can't remember the character's name, but she was like the housekeeper that Bojack's mum would only call by name and she had a scribbled face. Oh, I don't remember oh, that at all. Um, I definitely didn't make that up. <laughs> I know she exists. We'll In season the- three, there's a character that's like the housekeeper who had a baby for Bojack's dad. <gasps> Sorry, oh, spoiler my- alert. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, because it was all about Bojack's daughter. daughter. Yeah. yeah. Turns out to be his sister. Sister, oh. yes. Spoilers for a different <laughs> I was gonna uh, say. Netflix show. Sorry. Sorry, but she had a scribbled out face, so it, there is that in modern society. Maybe that was a reference. <laughs> <laughs> Where I grew up in Manchester, I kind of grew up in a very mixed community. So friends were Jewish, friends who were um, Muslim of different kind of denom- denominations. Um, so you'd go in some places, and there would be a lot of women wearing the saris and yeah different head different varieties of headshots and it's just like okay that's what happens there yeah but they still would be playing football and playing hockey and playing netball with everyone else who wasn't wearing a headscarf and stuff like that so for me it was just like okay over there that's what the hasidic jews do but i'm sure they still play basketball and the hoops you know if they want Mm. to yeah so that's that was that was like yeah the lack of integration of any kind Mm. is just a bit weird i just feel like they're just trapped there's no choice whether they wanted to there, integrate with us or not. I guess there must be some, there are benefits to it in the way. I think so. They talked about that briefly. Yeah, but well, they? they said you've always got someone there to help you if yeah. you ever need something. The community side of things. The community side. Yeah. Which they will turn against you once you leave. <laughs> <laughs> or not even when you leave, because obviously um, Etty hadn't even left and they'd already decided that they were going to turn on her so it's kind of it's like a, a weird thing you can either have all or nothing yeah. there's nothing in between or you know unless unless the man has said something then there's no support men are bastards yeah all because Don't of religion get started. <laughs> <laughs> a part of it that i liked was um the the legalities around some of the stuff so the community rallying around to essentially crowdfund mm. the husband's 
court case was astounding like they i was like considering none of these people seem to work or like have proper jobs and rely on handouts they really they got like the best lawyer Mm. um and they really fought hard and how they managed to bend the law is it the right to status quo or something and i was like you actually argued in front of a regular secular judge that what these children are experiencing is what they should continue to experience and the law said yes and took those and the children got taken away all seven of them which is ridiculous Mm -hmm. got taken away and they weren't even given to him they were just put into separate family family. relatives and I, i that was that was really hard. like I cried when that happened because she was being so brave when she talked about it. But then obviously you could see it was like heartbreak. And then I just I was like, how have they managed to do that? So when I tweeted Heidi Ewing, one of the directors, after I watched this, like in tears, like, but you have to tell I actually tweeted like you have to tell me she got her kids back. And she's like, she hasn't, and that was filmed nearly two three years ago. Um, she's like, she hasn't got those kids back. And I was like, well, what can we do? And she said, well, stay tuned, something's going to happen. So she still hasn't got those children back. It's unlikely that she will, to be honest. Um, But they have managed to source enough money to help her fight the case. Mm. But now they're funding um, her education to become an attorney so she can help other women in the same situation as her. So that's um, on ettiesfund.org, which um, if anyone's interested in helping her pursue her career as a lawyer, that is... That is um, something that they've done. But yeah, I wasn't the only one that tweeted. I saw that Heidi Ewing's <laughs> mentions just lit up on the day. Like, <laughs> what is happening to Essie? We need to know. And people responding to my tweet because it was just so, it was so devastating. And something else that really stuck out was Loser and, and his, his two kids. So Loser's yeah. the, the guy who's gone to Hollywood to be an actor. Yes. Yeah. Mm. What was he aspiring to be? He was aspiring, aspiring to be like a Jewish actor like he was aspiring to be an actor who plays jewish characters yeah because he's had the authentic yeah he had the look yeah <laughs> for it i don't know if he, if he was aspiring to do that but i think that that was his way in mm. right yeah yeah so you, yeah, i guess if you've got a niche haven't you yeah yeah so he was hoping to get typecast <laughs> as like yeah, the Jewish Yeah, typecast me, guys. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> I've got the hair, I've got the beard, you know. It was I can... his photo shoot where he was like posing with like his headphones and cigarette. Oh, the, yeah. What, with the curl. The curl. The signature curl. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that worked out well for him at all. But he did get that gig he in New York. The, he said the plan sounds like it shouldn't work, but it, it did. He didn't elaborate, but... Yeah, I don't think I've seen him in anything. Mm, no, I don't. Yeah, no. No. Um, but I do feel bad for his kids. I, I didn't get a sense of remorse, like a deep sense, like he really wants to connect with them. Or maybe he just deeply knows that he can't. I don't think he, he wanted can't. to open up that wound, to mm. be honest. So well, he I mean, he was living... Was it wasn't uh was it a caravan? Was it even a caravan? Yeah, caravan. He was living in his like, car trailer. And did you see RV. the shoes that RV, he put yeah. back in? The, they were designer shoes. And oh, he, said, no. he said, don't tell anyone that I live here because it's his image. <laughs> Do you know what that camera is right in front of your face? Yeah. It's going to go Netflix. People are going to find out what's the matter with you. Right. The community thing is good. I guess if it works and there was no abuse within the system, it's kind of, yeah, go nuts and keep yourself to yourselves as long as everyone's happy, but there's, there's so really, many people I aren't happy. That's not kind of how society works though, is it? You have to be integrated and you have to be looking out for others even if they're not necessarily Jews and mm. you know that kind of environment won't outlive 
technology and it won't outlive the people who are, get the glimpses of the other side or it won't outlive the people who have the really traumatic things and end up turning to drugs or whatever yeah. and nearly killing themselves. Especially when you've got people like the, the, the footsteps team waiting to pick them up before they go under. Yeah. Well, you had Ari. Ari was a massive cokehead. Yeah. <laughs> Understandably. I love yeah. that you said he was a massive one. I didn't even get that impression for the longest no. time. It was I, like think he was just, I think it was just literally, I have no idea what to do now. So I'm going to yeah. try all this shit. He was so yeah. damaged. Yeah. But they really hit that well for, I felt like, the the most most part. Because I, mean, I really... You were blubbering over Etty. I know. I really <laughs> didn't. I didn't see it. I just didn't see it until they said, oh, yeah, I had to go to rehab. I was like, for what? <laughs> I was like, what happened? What happened? What did I miss? Yeah, his story was really sad, though, because ultimately he really wanted to be there. He didn't want to lose out or not be with his family. But it's that conflict that you can't, it's all or nothing. And, and, and I guess for him, it just wasn't working. But I was really happy that he kind of got a friend slash girlfriend, we're not sure, um, and got into rehab. And his family did help him. There was a girl there. Girlfriend. There was a, Well, she was a friend. Sure, whatever. He had a friend and she was a girl in rehab. That's what that That wasn't his girlfriend. Well, who was she then? <laughs> she was like in there for like one second. How did you get that? I felt like it was a connection. <laughs> I'm very optimistic <laughs> when I see men and women on screen. Oh, hilarious. <laughs> I, I'm, I was very optimistic for them and their their budding relationship. <laughs> His family was still very supportive, despite the fact that he's yeah. acting out. And I yeah. I thought that was hopeful. And I thought that gave a different side to the community. Yeah. It was very negative um, in a lot of ways. And I know that some of the reviews I read about it afterwards were like, oh, this is a really sinister view of the community. And they had a lot to say. And I'm like, well, there's good and bad in every community. Like, there's still sexual abuse and domestic violence in just regular yeah, and society. Anywhere. Yeah. So it's not, like, unique to them. Just, it's just the closed offness that I guess yeah. is unfamiliar to us. But, I mean, it's lasted. It has lasted 50 yeah. plus years, they've said, or something. Yeah. And they've set it up to be so that they, they escape trauma. And I don't think, as a community, they've dealt with the trauma of having to migrate their community across an ocean <laughs> to like fight like Germans trying to kill them. It's like, there's a lot of trauma within that community that I think ultimately they never dealt with. And they're very protective of that because mm -hmm. it, they fought so hard to maintain it mm -hmm. and they're still fighting hard to maintain it, even though I guess the baddie isn't there yeah. in that same way anymore. So I think it's like an extreme self-protection and ultimately like the guy, I think it was the rap, is it a rabbi at the end where mm -hmm. loser was, I'm sure it was loser speaking to him. No. Who was, was Ari. the, was it Ari? Yeah, oh, where he was he like was really questioning, him, like, questioning. Why would God allow this to happen? Boys to get, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the rabbi I think was very reasonable in his like session. He's like, well, this, it works for some it doesn't work for others it's not working for you clearly and i think he had a really fair and open-minded approach to the community and the religion to. he's probably heard how many stories yeah yeah like and he's also on film so that probably influenced yeah. a lot of what he had to say yeah let's go to the scores oh yeah. what's this wow so they're all out of five so five is like the top score 
and uh, we'll run through them as we go through them. But the first one is the recommendability. So this is sort of how well do you rate it? How much do you recommend it? And uh, Emil, you chose the film. I mean, I did choose it for everyone to watch. <laughs> yeah, so you have. <laughs> you don't have to. We've had people have come on in and said, "I'm sorry." I mean, I'm sorry that the not subject for a while, but was, yeah, was happened. heavy. But I do recommend it quite highly. So I'm going to give it a 4.5. Cool. Points. 4.56. Just because I want to be extra. <laughs> a little bit, but not too much. <laughs> Natalie. Um, would I recommend it? I'm going to say free. Okay. How rude. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, unless if you're really interested, because I don't even understand how where you found it. Like, <laughs> I don't know how it got It's niche, it's isn't me, it? Yeah, it's like, yeah. Well, that's, I, I found it the same way you did. Netflix just showed it to me one day. Yeah. And I just thought, yeah. I'm well, it is one of their originals or yeah. they've got money behind it, so. I want to show it to you. Yeah. yeah. So three. Okay, Helen. I'm going to give it a three as well. Um, I mean, it is, it is niche. Three's not um, bad. Three, three's all right. We'll be a lot lower. Um, it is quite niche and it is it is heavy going. The thing that sort of I felt was a bit sort of disappointing with kind of its format, it kind of meanders a lot and I kind of dipped in and out with my interest every now and again. And I also think that it's kind of could be too negative. There isn't mm. really much of a balance and it would have been nice. I mean, maybe it doesn't exist, but it would have been kind of nice to have had some positive presence on the screen yeah. um, to make it not seem because if you if you kind of don't really know much about that and you were slightly swayed easily then you could come out of this going oh my god we need to get rid of all the Jews his, his, you know this oh, no. this community yeah, straight away because yeah. you know they're clearly raping people yeah. beating people you know this needs to stop so and it's clearly not the case obviously yeah. it's not but I think it could have done with some kind of positivity okay. from the community just to sort of say, you know, these bad things have happened, but, you know, this is kind of a positive to take away. Because I felt it was just a bit, well, this is depressing. <laughs> I'm going to go for a four, I reckon. Documentaries are great when they introduce you into a whole new area of knowledge that you never knew anything about before. And that's what this did. It opened my eyes in a few different ways. And I think like Helen's saying, you have to take it with a pinch of salt because... It perhaps wouldn't have been that interested in documentary if they'd gone in and gone, yeah, these guys these guys don't have mobile phones, but everyone's happy. So, uh, yeah, good luck to you. <laughs> so they've t obviously cherry-picked some stories there, but the fact that things like Footsteps exists means there is a, there's something going on yeah. there. Yeah. Repeat viewing score. How often are you likely to re repeat view this score? Um, <laughs> this score, this film? I mean, I don't personally see myself watching it again. <laughs> <laughs> Just because it was just very traumatic emotionally. I'm going to give that like a 1.5. Sure. Why might you watch? Because that suggests you might watch it at some I, point sometime. I feel like I might watch it again. If the subject, for some weird reason, I needed to just know more, um, I'd watch it again. I don't know why I would need to find out more about Hasidic Jew communities, but you never you, know. You never know. You never know. Maybe a podcast asked me <laughs> to review something <laughs> i might watch it well, again I, shout I, out network rep it yeah represents underrepresented, underrepresented voices someone yes. might come from that community and in which case i 
I don't know if that's probably the best way in, but I probably watch. I'd see myself watching it again just to refresh my memory on like that community. Natalie. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's not I, even like a. No, I wouldn't watch it again. I mean, was... it gave me enough information the first time. I'm not going to forget it. I'm not going to recommend it. <laughs> um, so yeah, zero for me. <laughs> I mean, you gave it a three for recommendability. I mean, I'm sure it'll pop up in discussion. And you know, I like discussions. I will say, <laughs> oh, I watched this on Netflix. But that would be it. I wouldn't go out of my way to tell my friends to watch it. Fair enough. Helen. <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely not going to watch it again. But <laughs> I would be interested to see if there is a follow-up or if they kind of had any more footage yeah. that yeah. Um, sort of shows any, you know, any of the things that they've done since. So for that, I'm going to give it a one that if there was an extended bit with new material, I would be interested to see that. Yeah. I concur. I would do mm. that. All right, yeah, I'm going to go for one as well. Can going to concur with you, Helen. I mean, documentaries... Repeat viewing is always very low. Yeah. I mean, once you've learned the facts and been through the story, it's... I mean, I've watched 13th at least three times. Oh, really? Yeah. That's very dense, there's, though. There's a lot 13th, to take yeah. in in that, though. 13th is equally as depressing as this one was. But I felt like... I don't know. Maybe it was masochistic. I don't know. I there is a lot taken in that. It is and a lot of information. I think you're sat there most of the time through that going what and you and it just keeps on coming and you're and also like, 13th what? does tie in with a lot of different things that yeah. are happening now and in the past yeah so it's a good history lesson yeah exactly should uh, have watched that instead <laughs> <laughs> no it's great it's great that people you brought this to us small screen score how well suited was it for netflix i.e as opposed to where the cinema yeah the cinema oh i've never watched a documentary in a cinema before oh, really no have I? No. I mean, I guess it was perfect for that. Yeah. <laughs> so five. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie. Yeah, I would say five. I wouldn't. I don't think it would work in a cinema to be. Oh, I have watched a documentary in a cinema. Uh, I watched the one about Black Panthers. I don't think I'd watch that in a cinema again. <laughs> it was perfectly fine to watch at home. I feel like documentaries are best at home. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Yeah. Helen. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think, what do I normally give things like this in the interest of fairness? I gave it 4.5. Um, yeah, there's there's no reason why you need to watch this at the cinema. And um, yeah, for one of the ones that Netflix has kind of given its backing, either by just putting its name on it or um, maybe some funding, um, it's interesting that they're sort of putting these kind of documentaries into the spotlight. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, four and a half. Yeah, I'll give it that. Oh, it did so well. <laughs> I'm so invested in this. <laughs> uh, engagement score. How much? How engaged were you whilst watching it? Were you Wikipediaing to see what Etty was up to? Were you falling asleep? I think we all know how I how engaged <laughs> I was. I mean, I did tweet the director, and I did get a response because me. But um, <laughs> I was really Hashtag engaged. Me. Do you have a blue dot next to your name? Uh, no, I did for the podcast at one point, and then I changed the name of the podcast, and now it's gone. Oh no, drat. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I would say throughout, it was kind of like Helen, where there were bits where it was a bit like, what what's happening here and why am I watching this? 
but I was really engaged with the subject matter and especially Etty's story. So I would give that about 4.5, six. (laughs) (laughs) Natalie. Um, I'm going to say four. Yep. Um, to be fair, I was extremely tired when I was watching it. It was late. So yeah. Um, it kept me awake. So after you, after you'd watched it. Yeah. I was thinking about it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll give it a four. Helen. I gave it a 3.5. Um, I think I find the structure a little bit confusing. Um, I didn't, we've been talk, talking about like the characters and their journeys i didn't quite get at which points in their life i didn't realize there'd been that much a bigger gap between sort of ari kind of cutting his hair off and being oh, in rehab yeah. and i got a little bit like lost like oh so and then we we're back with this story and we we're back with this story and the lack of kind of structure within it i found it a little bit distracted and i don't know i meandered a little bit in some places so yeah 3.5 three and a half uh, yeah, I, I was kind of not as blown away as you guys. It wasn't to tears or anything, but I was just thoroughly, just thoroughly like. A like... Man. <laughs> I think you was the only one that cried. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had just a like human an human heart. <laughs> <laughs> just like a Morgan to cry, isn't it? I actually <laughs> cry a lot at documentaries. In fairness, I was invested. I like. I'm going to give it a four because there's a lot of stuff going on in there. I give um, it a four. Yeah. Well, I was really happy when you did it too. (laughs) So we have an overall score of 3.32, which is decent, especially for a documentary. Yeah. Because it lost out heavily in the repeat repeat viewing, viewing. which is typical of documentaries. Damn you, Natalie, you could just give it a one. (laughs) I have to be true to myself. This is a very complex algorithm you've got. There. It's I'm really not. I'm intrigued. Just it's just literally adding numbers and making an average of them. Oh so. right. <laughs> <laughs> Quick maths. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Michael Dapper. <laughs> yeah, I do an MBA. <laughs> Shame on me. <laughs> so guys, um, let us know where we can find you online for the Flicks Watcher fans and. Uh, you can find me at Immy Morgan, I M I and Morgan, like the captain, um, on Twitter and Instagram. Like and the rum. Yeah, yeah, um, like the captain. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, sorry. Um, yeah, and you can find the podcast at Wannabe Podcast. And <laughs> it's just have someone going like, "How do you spell your name?" And you go like, "Oh, Morgan." You know, like the like the, like rum. the captain. Yeah. 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 <laughs> wait till what i say <laughs> but yeah uh you can find the podcast uh at wannabe podcast on twitter and instagram and wannabepodcast.com has all the links to like episodes and show notes and wonderful freebie things cool and we'll link to shout out network as well yes for the can, festival you can do that uh the festival has its own website i know right <laughs> uh, that's at saylifefestival.com so we'll be updating that pretty soon cool with new headliners natalie okay so my surname's nevers yeah it's so it's never with an s on the end <laughs> <laughs> like never never lad Do people find that never difficult ending story is that difficult for people to i mean can be do people know. spell it n-e-t-h-e they pronounce it nevers which is already annoying oh um it's just easier when I say Natalie Nevers, never with an S on the end. 
they can't get it wrong. So, NatalieNevers.com. Yeah. <laughs> NatalieNevers.com. Cool. And your Instagram is? Natalie Nevers. Cool. Hi, guys. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Thanks for having us. Thank you. It's been fun. Bye. 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 Cheers, guys. You were just listening to the latest episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. Thank you to Brendan Russell for his sublime editing skills. Mighty people for the tunes you can hear right now. Please do come to iTunes and find us, like, subscribe, share with your friends. Find us on Twitter at Flix Watcher Pod and our website, flixwatcher.tv. 